0: Next week's guest on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast was Dr. Sean Baker, a supporter and practitioner of the carnivore diet. This week we continue with Phil Escott, a fellow carnivore who dedicates his time spreading the word and saving vegans and vegetarians. In part one of our interview, we'll find out what he does, the contradiction that are vegan carnivores, and how to prevent diets turning into cults. This and much more, coming up next on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast…
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. If you're still confused about what to eat and not getting the results you thought you'd get by going organic, go to nutritionheretic.com and download the shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague for free. The shit list details what health food companies want you to believe about the crap they peddle and why the real foods they're meant to replace are far better. Stop letting big health food dump all over you and download the shit list today. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. <laughs>
0: It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the Nutrition Heretic.
1: The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Aloha and welcome to the Nutrition Heretic podcast. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic, talking about her pet peeves today. If you've been listening since the beginning, you know that the one thing I hate more than anything is when somebody comes up to me and says, well, I believe in everything in moderation, which is total because right, uh, either they're eating a donut when they're saying it, or then they give me a rant about how Every food under the sun is bad for you, and you've got to, you know, follow this strict whatever kind of diet, and it works 100% for everyone because the planet is suffering if you eat meat and blah, 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 just a whole bunch of bullshit, right? So that brings me to today's guest heretic who is Phil Escott, and I uh, met him originally, actually, in what I didn't realize at the time was his Facebook group, and he was talking about all the things that I'm always talking about, and uh, just a lot of the BS that surrounds food and nutrition these days, uh, not only from establishment, but also from so-called uh, alternative nutrition, or um, you know, more enlightened nutrition. So, with that, welcome to the show, Phil.
0: Hey, Adrian. Thank you very much. I um, I'm honoured to be here, and I absolutely agree with you with the moderation thing. drives me nuts too.
1: Yeah, I, I often say that that is code words uh, from doctors that they don't know what
0: they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think I think that moderation brings moderate results. Well. So the- that- Thank you. That's not what we want.
1: Right, right. And um, actually, and, and I don't even know if they're moderate because people are just going down in flames these days, aren't they? Uh, you know, the, the moderation is kind of, it's, it, it kind of means nothing. Oh, and by the way, the, the actual term, the actual phrase uh, translated from the Latin was moderation in all things, which I think has a slightly different uh, emphasis on that. Right.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm not really sure. I didn't pay much attention in Latin at school. I was mostly <laughs> pea shooting at the back or something, you know. So I, I didn't do very well in Latin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So um, talk to me about um, you know because I sometimes uh, I, I jokingly refer to myself as a as a nutrition philosopher uh, because uh, maybe it's my fault for allowing myself to get kind of caught up where. Most people seem stagnant in my mind, uh, which is they get caught up in these these trite little phrases uh that you know at the end of the day bring them nothing bring them certainly bring nothing uh advantageous to their health um How do you
0: categorize what you do oh that's uh, that's that's a difficult one i I, I think that um for many years, decades, I've been interested in this whole health uh, spirituality, diet, everything you know you know what's really going on and and it took decades and a serious illness to 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 uncover so much of the b- that's going on and I think one of the best things that happened to me was getting really ill with uh, psoriatic arthritis and not being able to move, and I think that took me to having to learn about so many aspects of health because a lot of people they can cure themselves just with a shift in diet or just with this or just with that but for me it wasn't you know every little thing that I did I thought it was going to be the final solution and it was just a little brick in a wall and and so I've had to learn so many things from so many disciplines and I had to throw out so many things that I thought were useful So these days, I I, I guess I kind of cover everything. I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. You know, I I look into the whole emotional aspect of it, the spiritual aspect of it, the the business of of light and circadian biology, uh, deuterium depletion, which is an interesting one. Um, and carnivore diet as well, you know, I mean, how insane do you have to be to just eat meat and fat? Everybody tells you that's dangerous, right? Right. No, no, you know, it's uh, in all the ways that I've worked with people with diet, it seems to be the most healing uh, modality I've used there of all. So, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades, I guess. Yeah, that's about it for me.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's exactly my conundrum as well. Because even though I call myself a nutrition philosopher or food philosopher, um, I, I guess it's because it's the only thing I can think of to kind of encapsulate all of these different areas. Because once you get into it, you realize that it's more, um, it's more than just the diet, but it's the attitude towards everything in life right um including the diet so you know the the diet obviously is is extremely important but it's you know if you if you care if you harbor a lot of anger for example and you're eating let's say carnivore diet paleo or you know anything that's that is working for you let's just say uh it's not uh it doesn't seem like a complete package
0: yeah Absolutely, I th- I think one of the reasons to, that I mention diet so much is because there's so much nonsense built up around it. Yes. It's 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 the way to uh, you know to talk to people about diet. You 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 have to dispel so much brainwashing on so many levels that it takes such it takes such a long time. <clears throat> you know, I have, I have people come to me and you can say, you know, oh, sort out your light environment. This is how circadian biology works. This is how perhaps your cells aren't working properly because they're not getting the right light information for the right time of day. And they go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, blue light can stop the melatonin cycle. All that. That's interesting. Oh, and just eat meat and fat. Don't be so crazy.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? So then you've got to spend two weeks unpicking that before they, they, they realize that, yes, it is perfectly safe. So, it's, it's, it's worth talking about just because so many people have come before us and laid such a, a pathway of absolute crap that people have walked on for a 100 years or so, particularly really since the 60s and, 60s and 70s, you know, when yeah. all this low-fat nonsense came in. So, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of nonsense to unwind before you can actually get to a starting point with a lot of people that you try and help.
1: Right. Absolutely. And uh, it's always the the person who really needs your help. And then, you know, you, they just they freeze up and they, they decide that they already know enough. They, you, they know that you're crazy, right? Because you're suggesting this. Um, and, you know, back when I started um, with nutrition, I was just telling people just to add some kind of meat and fat back <laughs> to their diet. And that was crazy. So, you know, now going to this other this other level, um, of what humans have evolved with, you know, from day one, um, is, is really interesting. And, uh, before the, uh, before the podcast, I, I mentioned to you that I just came back from Japan about a month ago. And one of the things that I did there is I, um, I tried to uncover a lot of myths about the Japanese diet because we're always being told like, oh, they just eat vegetables and it's all low fat and they, this and that you know so it was just a it was just a lot of this bs and oh and of course because they're oriental they cannot digest dairy that's the thing that that you know especially vegan people love to to push that that mantra um so i go there and i discover there is a sixth century japanese cheese (laughs) <laughs> and you know, been, there's this cheese that they 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 were making for hundreds of years, and it kind of I'm not. It's unclear how it fell out of favor, uh, but they're bringing it back now. Um, and um, there's also uh, I also uncovered in the same area. Uh, this was in Asuka, which is the um, the original, the first stable capital of Japan before Kyoto. And uh, they, we also had a soup that has goat milk in it, uh, and that is that also goes back to the 6th and 7th centuries. So, like you said, you know, there's just so much around diets and so much wishful thinking <laughs> about what the diet should look like. And then, uh, you know, for those who don't travel, who don't get to see these parts of the world, they suck it up and they, they believe that this is true, Right.
0: Oh I know, it's crazy. I mean there's this whole myth about the Okinawans, isn't there? You oh, know, oh yeah, yeah. They they, they, they all live to a hundred and more and and they they do that because they only eat vegetables. Well, you know, if you look into it, you find the people who've lived with them, they know that they eat a hell of a lot of fish and pork. Yeah. So why why wouldn't it be the pork fat that made them live a long time? But then again it wasn't. It it was it was all skewed because a load of their young men got killed in the wars, which brought up the average age massively. Exactly. And, and you know, they probably lived in a very low deuterium environment. They had lots of – they didn't have any EMFs. They didn't have any artificial light. They didn't have um, – they had good good uh, community there. There's so many factors. You can't just focus on the vegetables. Plus the fact that now I understand they're actually the shortest-lived people in, in Japan, whereas – the rest of Japan of Japan have started eating more meat, so it's it's clearly you know I don't think there's this this I, I, I'm I'm not one of these absolutists who'll suddenly say that meat helps you live to a hundred. Right. I, I, I don't I don't know about that. There's so many other compounding factors got nothing to do with that. You know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think that. But one thing I do believe about meat is that it does increase our resiliency to you know in the face of a lot of the the other stressors of life. Uh, which um, I don't, I don't think that all diets um, allow us to to remain as grounded. Let's say
0: exactly, exactly the word I was going to use. I mean, you you just got to look at um, the, the the vegans and 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 you know for the first three months they might have great results. You know, but they come off an ordinary diet exactly. and they're cutting out a lot of the processed stuff, and so then they think that this is going to carry on, but then they get in trouble a little way down the line. And the one thing you do see is is this snowflakery you know they get very upsettable by everything right uh, they're always getting offended by this and offended by that I, I've never seen a funny vegan you know, I, <laughs> I, I, see, I see hundreds of them because they attack me and they give me death threats and say my kids should be taken away and all that I've got a particularly aggressive vegan doctor at the moment who's telling me on on Twitter that, uh, well, telling everybody, he's posting about me, saying that uh, you know I, I'm the greatest low life there's ever been, and 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 I, I just tell him I've been telling him that 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 he's saying this because because he loves me really, you know, and <laughs> and he's just in denial about it, and I love him too, and all that, and. You just don't see anybody with a I think I think if you if, if if you eat that way, it kind of robs you of your sense of humor as well. I I don't know what's going on, but um, some something really strange is happening there, and they they, they do believe that they have the the moral upper hand, which which if you look into it is also nonsense, you know.
1: Right.
0: So. Um, you know, all the, the old thing of how many how many animals actually get killed for a vegan diet, and and they do get very sick. I have I have you know I, I have this Facebook group, like you said, and, and um, there's six thousand odd people on there. I only started it in January for ten people, really, or thereabouts, and it seems to have grown like crazy. People are waking up to this carnivory thing. And and a very large percentage of people on that on that group are ex-vegans, you know, who ran into a lot of health problems. And I think because carnivory is so insane, um, in inverted commas, it takes a long time for people to get to it. So the people who get to it are normally very well educated in all other diets, whereas your average vegan has sort of Googled for five minutes and found a couple of propaganda films and. And they think they're experts, and 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 so, you know, I, I, there are a lot of very very well educated and very very sort of uh, stable emotionally and very hilarious people on that on that group. So um, it, it does seem to interfere with the, the 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 mental processes, and you're unable to form a. Uh, Uh, an amusing statement let's say
1: (laughs) well i yeah i i think um i think what complicates it is the low fat angle as well um you know with a lot of, of vegans because um perhaps if they ate more fat there would be a little something <laughs> to latch on to but a lot of but a lot of my my vegan friends unfortunately you know they're on these super restrictive low diet low fat diets low salt and and really just no flavor when it, at the end of the day nothing to, to actually sa- satisfy the palate uh and yeah um th- when you said that the reason why i laugh so loud is because i think you're right i, I never you know <laughs> never really thought of it that way but but uh yeah you may you may have something there
0: well yes yeah, no it's not only that but also the aggression that comes about which right. is very strange a, a friend of mine mentioned that it's probably because they're they're in hunting mode you know they haven't made a kill mm. for a that's a good
1: that's a <laughs> that's a good
0: and way of looking that's at it not far from the truth maybe right. because the bodies are trying to tell them something it's 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 funny you know i used to say let's not do any of this vegan bashing and i i, I really have no problem with vegans individually it's right. it's it's just the whole dogma of it i think is is really getting into people into trouble, and and I'm not really a conspiracy theorist in other ways, but if you look at it, you can see how much the whole veganism thing is playing into the hands of big, uh, big agriculture and and in turn, big farmer. And absolutely, it's, it's in their interests to keep it going. You know, absolutely.
1: So, especially, yeah. w- so, sorry to cut you off, but especially when you look at these like fake meats that are becoming like you know. The, this bleeding burger and stuff that's made out of beets, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, but yeah, I, I you know I don't see how any of that, any stuff made in a laboratory, grown in a laboratory in a petri dish, uh, is any in any way more sustainable on our planet than grazing some cattle and pigs.
0: No, it's also there's there's one thing nobody ever takes into account on that that is going to be grown under blue light right it's 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 you know the cells are not going to be developing properly it's not going to be like it is from a cow it's it's a funny thing that they always seem to be looking for ways don't they to eat meat you know veggie burgers this that you know and and i often point out to them that there's nobody i know tries to make broccoli out of steak you know <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's it's funny because in one of the one of the carnivore groups I, I I said, um, has anybody no no somebody came back and he had a little joke. And actually, I'm wondering now if he mentioned your name, but <laughs> but um I said I said, you know, uh this is the I said is are there any vegans trying to be vegan carnivores? Are you are you aware of that? No, because it seems like no matter what, you know, there's you go paleo and they're like, "Well, I'm vegan paleo." And <laughs> You know, keto. I'm yeah. um, vegan yeah. keto. So, you know, is there some some warped attempt to become vegan carnivores?
0: I don't know. Maybe I just I just think that they're not listening to their bodies. Yeah, you know, they're not listening to their bodies. If if they really understood, I've seen vegans when they get very sick, and you know, they then they start to realize that the whole environmental side of it was nonsense as well and there's a big wave of embarrassment there's a lot of almost deprogramming you have to do with them where you you have to point out that the soil's being depleted the land's being raped for this you know their initial argument of course is it's all fed to the animals and what they don't realize is this is something we could come together on the animals shouldn't be fed a load of soy right they should be back on the land they should be pooing all over the place and they should be uh, restoring the soil just as nature intended but there's nothing in veganism that, 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 that is particularly close to nature. 99% of these vegans have never been to a farm. The city, mostly, yeah, thank
1: you. They're all city dwellers, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They live under blue light. They live in some high-rise apartment. They're watching blue light all the time. They're surrounded by Wi-Fi. They've seen a couple of propaganda films, and they eat donuts.
1: Well, you, well, you know, I I was thinking about this earlier um which is that unfortunately many of the people who I know who you know when they first go vegan, not only are they on the standard American diet, but they're usually on some like you know have serious um addiction issues. You know, whether to alcohol or hard drugs. And yes. and you seen. know, going so, from and- yeah, you know, so so you know, eating donuts is not really hard when you've been an alcoholic already, right? <laughs> <It's> so-
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it, it's it, there's a, there's a whole load of strange things, but I just see people, you know, the things that I see unwound from veganism. It's it, there's so many disaster stories on YouTube now. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I was talking to a vegan on Twitter the other day, and or maybe my YouTube channel. I can't remember. I get so many attacks, but every now and again, if they don't actually start off shouting in capitals, I'll engage a bit, you know. And and, and I was pointing out the enormous amount of of disaster stories of vegans coming over from veganism and and telling their story of all sorts of IBS and depression and muscle wastage and God knows what. And and, and he just flat out said, well, they're all paid by the meat industry to lie. And it's it's really really weird. I've heard you that know, it's, it's such a strange thing. I get accused of that. I keep saying, "Please hook me up." You know, if they, yeah, if, right? if, they, if, they, if they if they if they can find somebody to pay me for saying this, that that would be great. But nobody pays me. It's just so rewarding. It's so rewarding when you can see the amount of of, of ailments that are unwound. As my good friend Amy Ustend, who is uh, Amy Van Ostend, who is a, a carnivore as well. She she has her own group. She has um, Healthy Curiosity and you know she says it's funny how many of the problems blamed on meat and saturated fat completely disappear when all you eat is meat and saturated fat right. you know the, the 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 all the lies all, all the well let's not call them lies but myths have come about right. from s- strange studies done on people who eat all the 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 burger buns with the burgers and drink the coke and drink and have the fries you know and There is no study done, not since the 30s anyway, on somebody who eats fully carnivore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But now the tide, they say, oh, anecdotes are useless, but they are tide of, 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 of anecdotes. When you get anecdotes in the tens of thousands, you can no longer ignore them. They, they, they have more validity to me than any randomized controlled trial that veganers, vegans always shout for. Right. So, uh, you know, there's, there's no, there's, there's no agenda there. Nobody's selling anything. Nobody's selling a product. Nobody's selling anything. They just come with their stories. And most of these people can really compare the diets because they've been through everything. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Finally, they come to paleo usually, you know, and then they come to a ketogenic diet. And then the miracles that happen, particularly in the more complex diseases, when the last of the vegetables are cut out and the intestinal permeability kind of seals up, Right. It, it's, it's amazing. They're showing this. I don't know whether you're aware of the work they're doing at uh, Paleo Medicina in Hungary. No. Where Where oh, Zofia Clements and Chaba Tart. I'm really looking forward to meeting Zofia. We've got a a carnival retreat in Spain at the end of April. So, anyone who's listening to this end of April,
1: okay,
0: (laughs) end of April in Spain, come along if you can. Honestly, Adrian, come along. There's is, we've got Zofia Clements speaking, we've got Paul Mabry, the zero carb doc, coming over from the States. We've got some really, really funny people. I know there's some hilarious people from my, my my Facebook group and other ones coming. There's it's going to be really a lot of fun. There's six great speakers uh, and well, five great speakers plus me, let's okay. say. But, <laughs> but there's some there's some really cool people. But anyway, the work that Zofia Clements and and Tot are doing in Hungary is amazing. They they do um, they they get people to drink this substance that goes through the intestinal. Uh, wall pretty easily into the bloodstream, so they can test the permeability, and they can see pretty easily by testing the blood how permeable the gut is. And they're just showing absolutely uh, with with science, proper science, you know, that um, that the, the gut doesn't heal up while there's any vegetable matter left. So that's often why people run into mm. problems with these complex diseases. You know, if somebody eats. Uh, a ketogenic diet with a load of leafy green veg and broccoli and whatever and onions and they're they're probably never going to break their whole life so they'll say vegetables are healthy but I would say that they probably stay healthy despite the vegetables not because of them right and and so and so when you get somebody who's really sick who's broken themselves on 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 donuts and Twinkie bars and, and pizza and stuff they they've lost their vegetable privileges very often and and they can't seal the gut until they get rid of all plant matter and that is such blasphemy you know this is a great great name of your of your podcast the her- heretic <laughs> aspect of it you know because it, it really is what we're saying here is is, is horrendous heresy and it, it creates tremendous religious fervor against it but it's funny when i get all these messages you know it was amusing me this morning because i was getting these messages from this vegan doc uh, getting really wound up and angry and then in in my and in, on my messenger, I was getting messages like multiple messages saying, "I can't believe it! What 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 I've got from your YouTube channel, the work I've done with you, and and, and I've reversed this and I've reversed that. And my IBS has gone, and skin issues have gone, diabetes disappeared." And you're like, "It's so weird to read the two types of messages that right. I get." Right. Very strange.
1: Yeah. So you know how do because you like you said you know, we both have vegan friends, we, you know, as individuals, wonderful people. As a movement, let's call it, it, to me, it's more of a cult. How does one stay in something as extreme? I mean, and it is, you know, for for all intents and purposes, it is extreme to only eat meat, right? How do we keep that from becoming a cult? Because I see in many Um, carnivore groups and paleo groups and ketogenic groups that people get extremely are getting extremely dogmatic about that as well (laughs) you know how do we balance that how do we you know stay true to what we work is working for us without um like you you uh said before you know saying that this is going to you know make everybody live to be a hundred or or what have you
0: I've got so many strange angles on that that it's just occurred to me, and I'll see if I can remember them all. Um, I, I think the first thing is that humans really love community, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't think there's really anything wrong with everybody going, hey, hey, yeah, hey, we're all meat eaters. People love oh, to be that, that's fine. So that's cool. But when they when – they, I, I, I'm not seeing yet any aggression towards individuals, which is what I don't like. I, I don't see anybody – I see people lightheartedly taking the piss out of somebody like – michael gregor you know because he, he he really he really is spouting some nonsense and he's, he's getting so skinny i mean i saw a picture of him sitting like sitting next to a nine-year-old girl the other day and she had bigger arms than him you know and i <laughs> has has he actually seen what's going on there yeah so you know it, it, light-hearted piss-taking and whatever i have no problem with i, I don't like the 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 personal attacks and vegans are, are very, very good at that. They love the personal attacks. So I, as long as it's not getting that far, I don't mind the, 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 the sort ribbing. of community and, and sort of say, you know, that's that's just human nature. <clears throat> so it's I, I've not seen it go that far. I've, I've mm-hmm. only thrown a, a few people off the group. I'm, I'm pretty lenient, you know, with mm-hmm. that one. And they're usually just people who end up with some personal attack. And it's it's usually about some nonsense. I, I You know, people there's people like that in all walks of life. But generally, I would yeah. say, you know, uh, there's 10% maybe of carnivores who might be capable of that. And probably, you know, a bigger percentage I wouldn't like to guess at with vegans because I can't see how many are being nice because I don't frequent the groups too much. I, I, I used to go in and look just to see if they are healing and they don't really appear to be. Right. So – so, uh, yeah, and I, I, did have another point on it, but I've sort of, that's escaped me. Maybe it'll come back in a bit. But. Okay.
1: Well, maybe after my, my follow up question, because so yeah, sorry, how, how, how carnivore are you? Uh, like what do you eat? Cause I've tried the carnivore diet and I don't get very far because I just love all different kinds of food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I can eat mostly meat, you know, like 90% meat. Uh, but there's just, I like, I, what happens is I get very bored and then I stop eating. And then yeah. that's not good. <laughs> so, um, okay. so yeah. Well, so, you
0: know, I, I think, I think you brought up a really interesting point there because you, you're in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the sun. Yeah. And you can, you can eat a lot more different things than I can in England. For- nature knows best. You know, yeah. you go, you go with nature. Really. I am 100% carnivore. I don't eat anything from the, the, the plant kingdom. Well, Maybe a little bit of dark chocolate now and again. You know, that's okay. the that's the nearest I would get to 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 the plant world.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: but I, I when I dropped the last of the veg out, I found a great improvement in body composition, in uh, mental clarity, in uh, inflammation. There was very few places left in my body I had inflammation, but little little niggles here and there sort of uh, calmed down beautifully. Mm-hmm and uh, it's 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 i think at this point to explain that i'll i'll have to bring up this this business of circadian biology and deuterium mm-hmm. because for, for for anyone who's who's listening on this who isn't familiar with the concept of deuterium <clears throat> it's very simple there's there's an extra sort of isotope on hydrogen it's it's called deuterium and it creates heavy water if there's a lot of deuterium on 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 the hydrogen in water and our mitochondria, the, the little engines you know, in the mitochondria that spin in our cells and yes. create our energy, our ATP, which is at the root of everything really on a physical level. I think you can go even more subtle than that. But for the mm. moment, let's the physical. Right, right. And, and, and you know, their, their main job is to create water. And they create their own deuterium depleted water, which is the kind of fuel that the body likes. It it, it likes the water to not be heavy water because then then the cell gets good redox potential. It can turn over its, um, its, its, uh, what do you call it, its toxins and whatever much more easily. And um, at that point the body will run smoothly. If you have too much deuterium, which is, is growth, it's great for kids, it's good in the womb, it's in fruit, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, something that promotes growth. It's not evil in itself. Mm. But if you have too much deuterium in, in the body when it's older, then what do you get? You get obesity, you get right. cancer, so the cells go crazy. So, uh, uh, um, the lowest deuterium diet you can get is meat and fat. <laughs> If you're running on animal fats, on saturated fats, you're actually creating deuterium-depleted water in the cells. Now, a lot of people find that when they go to a carnivore diet, they drink a lot less water yeah. because, because you know, the fats actually hydrate us in the same way that a camel hydrates itself mm-hmm. from its house. And, and camels are so good at, at creating deuterium-depleted water, they don't actually age, mm-hmm. you know, they're just drop dead and you can't really tell how old a camel is so this is this is the same with us but if we get a backup of deuterium uh, from a high deuterium diet which is all the carbohydrates the grains um you know some of the leafy green veg are very low deuterium in the plant but but the trouble is that they um they they, they can be a problem for people with intestinal permeability <laughs> autoimmunity because they have a lot of other things the fibers the oxalates, you know, the salicylates. There's there's a lot of poisons in veg that can be a problem. But just on the deuterium level at the moment, if if you're eating a lot of fruit and you're in an environment that stops the cell turning over these toxins and creating its own deuterium-depleted water, if you're confusing the cell with artificial light, Mm -hmm. with Wi-Fi, with stress, with all of these factors in the modern world, and you're eating a high-deuterium diet, it's gonna be an absolute perfect storm for disease. Right. So this is why there's that beautiful secret of, of, of eating a low deuterium diet in the north, in the winter, you right. know, when you come to. And that's why nature, you just gotta look back at nature. What's so beautiful about deuterium, the deuterium theory is that it not only ties in with pretty much the way that everybody's got well from any chronic disease, whether they know it or not, but by, by, by fixing those factors, but it, it also, the, the people who are working with people with, with the cancer patients now just mopping up cancer. We cured my own mum's breast cancer. We got a little vi- I've got a little video on YouTube with with pictures of that where you can see the, the, the horrible tumor about to come through the skin just disappearing. Oh, man. And, and, and we did that with my mum at 93 years old. Wow. And- and that was cool, you know, and, and it, when I, I wasn't aware of it actually at the time. But now I see it. It was all down to deuterium depletion. And that allows the body to, to, to reabsorb all that, you know, and turn over and create healthy mm. nutrients in place of the cancer ones. Now, if you just if you just look at that, you know, you've got the healing that you we've all experienced. You've got the um, the way that the doctors are fixing this cancer beautifully with deuterium depleted water <clears throat> Excuse me. And you've also got um, nature. If you look at nature, you can see how it's a great lens to look at uh, at nature through, because if you've not got the factors that deplete deuterium, like uh, sunlight, enough sunlight, you know, uh, that's why fruit grows in the summer. And at the right latitudes, you know, and you won't get so much fruit if you're an Inuit as you will if you live on the equator or in Hawaii or whatever. And so it's much safer for you to eat that kind of fruit. And you can have a much more varied diet than I can uh, that, you know. um, And then if you look at somebody's inflammatory history and where they live, if they're living in a, in a, in a, in a high-rise apartment in, in, in the north of England and, and they're under blue light and they're eating high deuterium diet, they're going to be full of deuterium. Something's going to pop at some point. But you've got your feet on the ground and you're, you're, you're in the sun and you've got the sun on your body and you're, you're grounded and, and you're not stressed and you're not staring at television screens at night and you've got your face in a mobile phone. There's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't pick some fruit off the tree and eat it, you know. It, and so there's no hard and fast dogmatic rules, I think, is this yes. And this brought me back, actually, to my other point about dogmatic carnivores. If you see it through a lens like that, you can see that there are no hard and fast rules. It, they kind of change. You know, if, if somebody comes to me with, with some autoimmune problem, then, yes, for a while there might be some hard and fast rules. But yes. after a while, you can start listening to their body and just figure out what nature would be doing at this latitude, at the, in this season, and with a, an eye to their inflammatory history. And and then, you know, with a little bit of uh, common sense, when you learn a few things like this, you, you can fix your own body. It makes me a little bit embarrassed that I spent years and years learning about all these weird things like Ayurveda and herbs and this and that, when really it could be possible to just explain to somebody how to be healthy in about five minutes.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then what do you do with the rest of the session <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I, I mean you know we're the only species stupid enough to argue about diet i mean do you get right. lions going do you know what i think we should have a bit of tofu today i mean it's <laughs>
1: crazy
0: <isn't> it? <laughs> well
1: if you listen to um one of my earlier interviews is with lier keith and uh, she was the author of the she is the author of the vegetarian myth and uh one she said the the Last time she went on a vegan group, because she was vegan for 22 years, and about three months into it, I think she stopped having her period, and it, you know, just went downhill from there. She said there were days where she would just start screaming at, like, because she lost her keys. You know, she would just have, like, this total mental breakdowns over the smallest things. And, um, she said the last time she went on this, this, after she had started eating meat again, and actually, interestingly enough, it came through a, um, uh, doctor of oriental medicine, like, you know, from China. Uh, he, and he was like, you can't eat like that. He's like, you know, the big fish eats the little fish. You you know, so she goes home with a can of tuna fish and a plastic fork and she starts eating. So she's on this vegan group and um, these vegans are, are uh, one guy says, you know, I was watching this documentary about, I think it was hyenas, <laughs> you know, eating whatever other animal and the lion and... The, and you know what we need to do is like you know that's barbaric. We need to separate all the animals by species, <laughs> and in like big cages essentially, so they won't eat each other. This was their this, and and people are like, yeah, you know, and they, they're like they'll just eat the grass if we keep them. <laughs> separate.
0: Oh, it's hilarious! <laughs> isn't and it? yeah, it, and and and, and she's
1: is. and you know, then the other person comes in. They're like, "Yeah, you know, I see my cat eating grass. I bet this will work." We, you know, and, and she was like, "You know what? This is just too too much for me." <laughs> and she said she never went on another vegan group after that.
0: I know she she's cool. Actually, it's a funny old thing with her because she has got every point that every vegan needs to listen to, except that as soon as they hear her name. I mean, my God, I, the things that I've heard her called oh, by yeah. vegans, it, it's unbelievable because she's really putting across some great information and she's got all they need really to put the piece of the puzzle together. But they just dismiss her by saying, oh, she ate bits of chicken now and again. I forget what it was she ate, bits of fish or something that she was eating periodically, you know, and they go, oh, so she was never vegan. But, But to me, this is irrelevant because – if you're if you're eating a vegan diet and you eat a bit of chicken once a month, it makes no difference at all. Did you hear about this this study that, um, to me, is still just a really high deuterium diet? If, did you hear about this wonderful study where they got um, a group of people and they fed them just oysters because they wanted to see how uh, well the zinc levels came up in the body with oysters?
1: Ah, no, I, did, and,
0: I didn't see that I, one. And then they got another group of people where they gave them Oysters and black beans. Just that. So the group that just ate oysters, their zinc levels shot up. And the group that ate oysters and black beans, their zinc levels didn't change. So there's 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 this factor of the anti-nutrients in all these crazy foods that stop the uptake of nutrients. So from from it, I mean, I know that they say, Oh well it vegan's a lifestyle, so she was never vegan, so because she ate a bit of chicken, so I'm not gonna listen. But really the gold dust information in there is that it was the other crap that she was eating that made the little bits of chicken or whatever she was having absolutely useless or eggs right whatever you know so i see it up here i, I live in a in a sort of uh a, a tm a sort of transcendental meditation community it's it's something i don't really have anything to do with anymore but they they live near here and a lot of friends i've known since the mid-80s and i see them decaying enormously you know they're they're really going downhill and then the ayurvedic doctors will come along and even they say to them for goodness sake start eating some meat yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and And that's that's a
1: big myth right about ayurveda and i think that was one of the other videos of yours i
0: saw Big myth about Ayurveda, that it's vegetarian. It's nonsense. And and so and so they eat a bit of meat, nothing really happens. And then they probably had difficulty digesting it. So they say, no, that's proof it's even more evil. When really the the, the magic happens, when you take all the rest of the crap out and then the gut can heal, it's, you're never going to take up the nutrients with a shredded gut from years of eating rice and dal, you know, and chapatis and, uh, and wholemeal bread and all of that sort of crap. So but b- because people have been brainwashed to think that it's unholy, it's unspiritual, you're never going to wake up, you know, you're never going to even get enlightened if you eat meat and all, that, all of this absolute rubbish. So it, 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 it can, it kills people. It, it, it's actually draining them. They're, they're, I've lost a lot of friends to cancer. I a, last year, two of my friends died of cancer on the same day. Oh, jeez. From, from this community, you know, and they, they sincerely believe that what they're doing is healthy. And, um, occasionally I'll run into one in, in the supermarket. They say, God, you look so healthy and you were so sick. How did you do it? And I'll point to my trolley and then point to theirs. And they go, oh, well, I could never eat that. I go, well, fair enough. You know, you carry on and one by one, your teeth will fall out. And, and it's, I, I sound kind of savage on that, but it's, it's because, you know, I really care about this. And I, I think that, I think that the whole spiritual community has been has really duped people. I think that's as well as the governments and the big agriculture companies and everybody. It's also the spiritual type of uh, dogma that's that's leading people astray on this and taking taking their health away. It's it's very difficult for people like me to battle against that. I wish I could just have people come on with a clean slate and you can say right eat this, try this, get your light sorted, get out in the sun, get your feet on the ground, get your, you know, get take up some meditation, get rid of the stress and whatever. And it, it, but it's very, very difficult because you've got to just pick away and unwind all this ridiculous that people have got in their heads. And that's where the problem lies.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think that a lot of this comes from the fact that people aren't following uh you know what were the you know the western religions for example at least in this part of the world right um you know there whether it's judaism catholicism um not so much islam but uh you know people don't really have that sense of community anymore um is what i'm getting at and um you know we're looking for these and and especially now with you know so many uh, so many disturbing things coming to light about many of these religions people are going towards these Eastern type religions and things that seem to um, maybe offer something that, that those other religions never really did anyway. Uh, but some, somewhere uh, along the way, it got hijacked by this concept that you have to give up meat and you got to give up fat and you got to, you know, do all of those. You have to meet certain criterion to, to fit in. Yeah, um, I
0: know. It's, it's very strange. Thing. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, but you know, good
0: good point about people looking for alternative religions yeah and then they come to veganism too which is actually a religion right right yeah this concludes part one of our interview with phil escott join us next week when we discuss subjects like can a banana be considered paleo how hard is it to travel around the world eating only meat and how much meat does he eat per day all this and much more on the next nutrition heretic podcast
1: The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, The Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved NutritionHeretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at NutritionHeretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is Facebook.com slash NutritionHeretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher.